All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Tuckians? How's it going? This is it. I, you know, I know this is a slow week for many people in terms of work. I think people are kind of shut down. They're shut off. They're getting ready to go. They're preparing mentally to uh, sort of uh, land in the chaos that they come from. To sort of go back, go back into it. Go back into the vortex. Put on your psychic helmets to enter the world of your childhood. Or maybe not. Maybe you're like, no, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm just going to have uh, Thanksgiving by myself or with my family. My, my family, the one I'm trying to... Be, my family, the corrective. The family that corrects it. The thing that I made to stop the madness. I made these children to stop what you did. Look at me. I'm yelling at nothing. These kids will never see that. You did this and these kids. Right, kids? Right. Daddy's okay, right? See, I'm not going to be the same kind of person. What are you laughing at? I'm not going to be the same kind of person you were. I'm fixing it. This is the tone of a person fixing something. Ah, fuck. I can't get this on right. That's the tone of patience and correction. God damn it. Why won't this fit? Oh, fuck. I'm going to go back to the store. God damn it. Maybe I should take a picture with my phone. Smile. I want to show your grandmother that I'm fixing you. How's everybody doing? Look, I don't know where that came from. I do know that I am going back. I'm going to the source. <laughs> I'm going, but it's not a it's not a geographical location. It's a psychogeographical location. It's where my mother lives in my brain. I'm going to see her, and uh, you know that is you know that is the the scene of the crime that went on for a while. Minor emotional crimes in the big picture, but I'm okay. So I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm got, and I do this. Yeah, I have done it. There was a couple of years I didn't do it, but now we've tightened up the crew down there. Just family, no, uh, no, uh, no stragglers with uh, annoying political dispositions. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Don't go if they're going to bother you. Keep it at home. It's not that big a deal. But I'll let you know how it goes down there. I'll, I'll, I'll do my dispatch. We do do a new show every Thanksgiving, and I will do it. Also today on the show. This fucking thing blew my mind. I've known this guy for years. I mean, years. Probably almost 30 years since we were doing comedy in New York. Mike Sweeney, writer and has been the head writer for Conan O'Brien, going back to the mid-90s. And he also now, he hosts the co- he co-hosts the podcast Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, along with Jesse Gaskell. But I, I thought, yeah, I don't, I didn't know Mike Sweeney. There's so much we don't know about people that you make assumptions about, and you just sort of like, that's that guy. I know that guy, but you don't know fucking anybody, do you? Really? People are fucking incomprehensible. To quote Sidney Pollack, again, from the movie Michael Clayton. I should, I should look up the screenwriter of that thing. I could do it now. Am I going to do it? No. But you don't know. You don't know people. And I did not know Mike Sweeney, man. I mean, we started talking and almost immediately I'm like, what? 
What are you talking about? That is fucking crazy that I did that throughout the entire conversation. So that's happening today. Um, it's Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy wrote and directed Michael Clayton, one of the greatest grown-up movies of the last 20 years, and his brother Dan uh, wrote Nightcrawler, I believe, and uh, directed that. Why am I still speculating? I, I just looked it up. I just wanted to give uh, Tony Gilroy the credit he deserves for people are fucking incomprehensible. So, all right, here's what's going on. Found out on Saturday that uh, I won the best actor in the Gijón International Film Festival in Spain. I know I complained about what I thought was a, 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 uh, a you know, not a great reaction to my comedy and that uh, the, the uh, communication barrier, the language disconnect was... Uh, hard for me, and, and I didn't know how everything landed, but I'll tell you how it landed. Best actor. does it, And what, that's pretty great. I, 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 I am honored, and I appreciate the best actor nod from the uh, judges at the Gijon Film Fest, and I know that uh, as soon as that, I put that on my resume, things are going to take off for me. They're already taken off. I got nowhere else to go. I, you know, I read the entire Jerry Wexler autobiography on my trip to get into the brains and mind and heart of Jerry Wexler, who I will be playing in the upcoming Aretha Franklin biopic, though it is a slice of life movie. It's not a, f a full, I don't know what I can say about it, but I'm playing Jerry Wexler. They found out, I found out Dave Cross, a guy who I used to like, you know, I used to crash at his apartment when he was crashed at his girlfriend's house back in the day, Somerville, Mass., Bill Wilson's Museum of Sadness. Rest in peace, Bill Wilson. But uh, he's playing Jerry Wexler in a Nat Geo uh, miniseries thing. Me and Cross are playing temperamental, compulsive Jewish record producer. And I think we're the only two that can do it. Perhaps me and Cross will get together after all this is behind us and do dueling Wexlers right here. But I did read um, the book. I actually got an email from the writer, the co you know, the guy who helped Jerry write the book, David Ritz. He also wrote a book on uh, Morris Day and on Aretha Franklin. But I got on the phone with him for a while, talked about Wexler. You know, I've got the, uh, I got some interviews on my uh, phone so I can hear how he talks so I can get it right. You know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do it in injustice because it's a big opportunity for me. And, uh, you, you know, this is a guy that um, comes from another generation from uh, New York. He's of a generation of uh, Jews that uh, talk like this. But he's also a yeller. He's not going to take any shit, this guy. All right? That'd be five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. I'll work it out. I'm in it. I'm doing. But the great thing about it, about reading Wexler's biography, autobiography, was just how it's like right up my alley because it filled in all of these gaps uh, in my music knowledge. It's kind of a great book. I think it's called Rhythm and Blues by David uh, Ritz. I'm excited about it. So that that's that. I got. I told you about the best actor thing. We had a great time. Me and the director lady had a nice time. 
I got an email, which I think was sort of resonated with me. Look, I understand the depth of Ireland. I understand the darkness of Ireland, the beauty of Ireland, the lush history of Ireland, just the feelings of poetic, you know, just like I'm enamored with it on all levels. I find it to be a very deep place. And I find that I make room for the darkness of Ireland because that's part of the beauty. But it's weird how we romanticize. And I think people, I guess this is a, uh, uh, some sort of... Um, blindsidedness of, of entitlement of being you know able to sort of romanticize take vacations to, to sort of you know maybe have a bit of a blind eye to what's really happening in the country you're 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 visiting because you don't want to fuck your vacation up you know you want to enjoy the 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 club med or whatever i don't know what that's like but you want to enjoy the nice little beach town you know right next to the city that's burning because people are fighting for their lives you know, is that your problem? I mean, I think it's a big problem with our country in general. It's like the world is on fire, but look, can I just enjoy this pie? Thank you. I got this email and I, it's lengthy, but I think it's important, you know, to balance out and, and also to raise awareness to it. I have two, what do you call it? Teachable moments through emails. Irish man comments on your Irish comments. Hiya, Mark. John here from Dublin, originally from Kilkenny. Ever played cat laughs? Yes, I've done that twice. Not a great time. Anyway, I just wanted to say that I found your take on Ireland really refreshing. Most Americans go straight to telling you about their genealogy, saying that they're 80% Irish or something. I always feel really removed from people who say that stuff because it's like they've been sold some sort of holiday package that's coded in an Americanized idea of Irishness, like it's a fetish or something. I enjoyed the way you described the people as embedded with the environment and also your observation on how existential the people are. I also really enjoyed how you looked into what turf is. All in all, it just seems that out of the millions of Americans who've doted on Ireland for years and years, your interest really seems to come from a place of genuine enchantment, which is lovely and really refreshing. But I guess when I hear Americans talk about how nice it is here, my stomach always sinks a bit because Irish fetishization is kind of damaging in that it greatly distracts from the other side of what's going on in this country. It's a complicated island. Yes, it's extremely rich with scenery and culture which I cherish, but a lot of that has come at a serious cost. It's important to me that we highlight Ireland as a place that is also deeply traumatized. Our nation was established under a type of corporate Catholicism that absolutely obliterated the country's mental health all the way up until the early 2000s. Our current leaders are bulldozing our cultural quarters with hotel chains, and there's an increasing number of 10,000 homeless people on this island. Families are living out of hotel rooms, emergency accommodations, and we have a thing here called direct provision, which is essentially a prison for refugees. I know it's possible that I sound like a conspiracy nut to you, but this stuff is common knowledge here in Ireland. It's on the news and in the papers every day. These subjects are part of the fiber to which our modern culture is reaching to and basing our art on. I'm not asking you to wallow in despair. I'm not trying to kill your idea of the place. Ireland is beautiful and special and worth the bad weather. If anything, I'd like to enrich your fascination of the country by encouraging you and your listeners to look deeper than the scenery and how nice we all are. We're nice for a reason. Love your podcast. John, I don't have to say his last name. P.S. It's pronounced Donegal. Donegal. Gall. Donegal. Thank you, John. I, I don't think you're a conspiracy theorist. I appreciate the lesson. It's a nice balance. And yes, there, and it, it did sort of strike a thing in me where I realized like we all romanticize. We all, you know, certainly through a certain amount of entitlement 
turned a blind eye, either from apathy or uh, ignorance or just uh, selfishness. And I appreciate the information. And I thank you. I will be sensitive to this now. So this is another uh, teachable moment. It's going to hurt a little bit. Literally, it's going to fuck your brain up. Q-tip eardrum incident. Hey, Mark, wanted to start off by saying WTF has really helped me be more open about my mental issues with friends and family alike and given me so much more confidence in daily life through that, especially my anxiety. Hearing you talk about your struggles with strangers in an oddly charming way and your genuine interest in the conversation is very inspiring. But on to the email. You had mentioned cleaning your ears with a Q-tip, which is something I do compulsively, but it made me think of a crazy story. I met a man in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth who was completely deaf in one ear because one day he was cleaning his ear with a Q-tip and he stumbled and fell into the wall of his tiny closet-sized bathroom and he punctured his eardrum with the Q-tip. Bleeding and in a lot of pain, he had to call an ambulance because he couldn't stand with the inner ear imbalance. He warned me of the dangers and now I think of him every time I clean my ears. Be careful, your Canadian fan, Jesse. So... Now, you too will be thinking of this man that Jesse met in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth, Texas. I like that detail. I like that, you know, like the thrust here that the guy burst his fucking eardrum with a fucking Q-tip incident. But it's important, the, the sort of texture of the story, you know, the details. But he was a guy he met in Fred's Texas bar in Fort Worth. So if that takes you to a place, like anything in this paragraph other than what the fuck he fell on it and hit his knocked a q-tip into his head but like where's fred's bar in fort worth that sounds like an interesting place where the guy met a deaf guy and he got this story how'd that happen man what how'd you lose your hearing can you say again i can't hear you in that ear yeah, what happened? Oh, man. Oh, man. Are you sitting down? Because I can't see either. I added that part. Are you sitting down? Because, well, I can't see either. You know, you see, I'm blind. I had a horrible accident when I was putting eye drops in. Uh, you know, I, I, I fell in my small bathroom into the mirror and I'm... And I, and I jammed the visine into my eye and lost a, an eye. And then I couldn't see clearly out of the other one. So I wanted to clear that one. It just happened twice. In, 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 uh, and I haven't even told you the the, the Q-tip story yet. I, I'm starting to think I should stop drinking. Because it's probably not the size of my bathroom. Am I right? Hey, folks. Look, let's, let's get on with it. My guest today is um, Mike Sweeney. Head writer for Conan O'Brien going back to the mid-90s. I have a history with that show. I have a history with Mike. I have a history with the previous head writer. He co-hosts the podcast Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, along with Jesse Gaskell. And it was one of the most mind-blowing stories of a life that I've heard. This is me talking to Mike Sweeney. How do you know Ty Siegel? Um, my son turned me on to him. Wait, now, like, how old are your kids? 
Um, 22 and 25. Get the fuck out of here. But when he was like 13, he said he started, he was like, they would DJ. They, whenever we would drive, they put together yeah. a playlist. And, yeah. And, uh, he played, uh, Melted for me. Oh, yeah. Which is a great album. And sure. I, I, but, but it was one song from there. And I, and so he's, and I'd be like, who's this? Who's this? Yeah. And, and I kept hitting him. He's a big Ty Siegel guy, huh? Yeah, he's, yeah, he was. He is. I just got Michael Cronin's new record. I'm giving, oh. giving it a spin. Good. They're very different. They're friends. They, yes, they're they, pals. They play they together, together a lot. at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very different sound. And yes. I think Ty Siegel puts out a record like every two months. I can't keep up with him. <laughs> like, I'm like a teenage girl where I like one guy. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's my, but uh, forget it. Did you buy all of them? Uh well, I bought yeah, I bought them online. Yeah, but but no, I like the last two or three albums. Forget so it. So your kids are twenty two and twenty five. Yeah. Oh, you just have two, two boys. Oh, I thought you had like seven kids. Or no, something. I, I mean know. I'll make up five five <laughs> children. I don't talk about two boys, two boys. Yeah, same wife, same wife. Twenty eight years. It's been, been twenty eight years. That's insanity. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I must have met her once, possibly back in the day. She, you know, I loved her. She went to like uh, we would start dating, and she went to comedy clubs three times. <laughs> three. And the that was third it. time, she's like, she goes, you know what? I'm good. Uh, and I was like, I, you are something special. Because I don't. I think I get it. Because <laughs> I, I guess I met you. I mean, I moved to New York basically in '89. And how long did you live in New York? Well, I, I moved down there. I was in. I was in New York '89. And I was going back and forth from New York to Boston because right. I had to work for a living. But I couldn't get on a catch. So I was in New York from 89 to 93 right. and then back again from 95 to 2002. I met you in Boston. You did? I did. And I don't. It was, I came oh. up from New York to work at Nick's for the weekend. Oh, right. And, you know, they had a Nick's downtown and then sure. one out in- Yeah. Uh, All the horrible where marvelous Mar Marvin, Marvin Hagler was from. They, Brockton. Right, it was in Brockton. There was a Knicks in Brockton. Yes. So I-, I That was a short-lived Knicks. Well, I think I closed it brother. Like, <laughs> uh, if this is who you're sending here, we're, Was I we're working good. with you? We they had a, a they had an old townhouse right right where downtown. I think Paul Revere lived or something right and, downtown. Yeah, and I stayed there one night, and you were staying in another bedroom. No, yes. Oh my and god! You, what year and, was that? I don't know, eighty eight or eighty nine, maybe. Right. And we talked just for a few minutes, and I, you know, I I don't think I'd ever stayed in a in, comedy condo. I'd always heard about them. Right. And I, I was like, what's the etiquette? And am I start, supposed to be <laughs> do drugs and drink? What do I do, man? And and Did we do drugs and drink? No, we didn't at all. Oh. No, I think you were re you were very philosophical. You were talking about a book you were reading or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This, Not what I this man is on quite a life journey. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, I was like, okay. I have, I'm gonna, that did, was it. We just talked that, for a few minutes. How did that weekend go for you in Brockton? Oh, man. I was with Joe Rogan, right? Yes, he and he drove me out there in like a because he lived souped there. up Camaro, like eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. And I'd never met him before, but he was just you know like like I, I had hair. He had hair then, a little bit of hair. Yeah, he, he had hair. Yeah, and uh, bigger muscles than than now probably. No, he's like pretty big, but he's probably yeah. still uh, you know just coming out of the kickboxing. thing. He was just coming out of that. Yeah, and. I, I what I learned that weekend was Boston comics really like to 
talk about other Boston comics, and he and he. <laughs> I don't he, like to say. Well, he was pre okay. he was preemptively like, oh, this guy doesn't, you know, he's not into me, but you know, I, I could kick his ass. <laughs> and yeah, we went to Brockton, and he he killed there. Yeah, yeah, he did great, and uh, and then I did the other club, and then I came back. The next downtown. Yes. Yeah. I like. Yeah. That. I mean, look. Yeah. It was all right. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, it was a specific type of audience. But did you do like where did you come from? I. That's a, I like the overly broad question. I grew up in New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. What part of Jersey? And on the New York border, Montvale, yeah. small town. I went to. Uh, Bill Maher went to my high school, Pasquet Hills High School, and uh, Tom Papa. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you the same age as Papa, or a little? Older? No, I, good God, I think I'm much older than Papa. Really? And, and Bill Maher was, I think, two years ahead of me. That's all. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 62. Are you really? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't start comedy till I was 28. I'm I'm 56. I thought we were the same. Sure. No, you're like older. Dude. I'm much older. You're a legit boomer. I'm a serious <laughs> boomer. I'm an I'm a. a <laughs> Five people said, okay, boomer to me just today. Now? Oh, yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught the tail end of the boomer to the point yeah. where I have no identity. My right. generation has no identity. Right. 63 is just, what right, are right, you? Right. Well, we just picked up the garbage that they left. Right, right. But people don't ask you that, do no. they? No. How old I am or, no, or, or whether just I'm a boomer? What you consider yourself. I consider myself, uh, it, it's sort of nebulous. Right. Because by the time I got to high school, right. everything that had already happened in music. And right. And like sophomore, junior year, new wave happened. Right. Right. And then like we, I think disco was happening. Right. So it was nothing you could latch on to except right. for the, you know, the Zeppelin stuff that had happened years ago. Like yes. it all had already happened. No, the, until until new wave and right. punk came in. That, yeah. that was a scary Time and, yeah, it was yeah. like, who are we? And like, then, I'm not wearing those shoes. Yeah, and yeah. Then I thought the '80s for music was kind of bad. Personally, I thought. Yeah, it was no, bad. I think so. I, I can't like I can't remember because once I started doing, once I was in college. Yeah, where'd you go to college? In Boston University. Oh, okay, that explains. Okay, 81. that explains how you get, ended up in Boston. Yeah, yeah, okay, but it. Jersey. So 28. So you had another plan. Were you one of those lawyers? I, I was one of the, the lawyers. You were, weren't you? Yeah, I was a trial lawyer for three years. Holy shit. Hold on a minute. Yeah. So, Sweeney, now how many kids did you grow up? How many kids in the family? I thought you asked me how many kids I had again. Not you. Uh, no. <laughs> three, I had two older sisters. I was oh. the baby. Oh, okay. And um, I also grew up in a, a kind of, a, my mother was a... You know, had uh, mental issues, and so it was pretty. It was pretty cra- like I ended up living at home until I was twenty six. Because so take, of your mom, I was kind of take. Uh, yeah, but also, uh, yeah, she she was like really into mind control. So, uh, yeah, can you elaborate? Um, she 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 was uh, in the sixty. I didn't I didn't learn this till much later. Was, yeah, was she di- still around? No. Oh, so that's we, why we I, can speak freely. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, she was diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. Really? Which I know, which we didn't know. I I didn't learn that till much later. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was your dad around? I just thought she was a bad impressionist. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was around, but he was like, um, kind of a milk toasty kind of uh, alcoholic who yeah. who you know she he he was in over his head with her, <laughs> so he checked out, and then she would you know. She'd get really violent and stuff. Like oh. it was a kind of a wild childhood, but it really? was it was kind of cinematic. Like we, I think we told ourselves over in a kind of in a movie because it was like 
you know, like I'd, it was crazy. Like yeah. I'd put furniture against the door at night. Really? Because I know like if she was in a certain phase, she'd be coming up in the middle, like, like two in the morning with like a butcher knife. Like, what? Yeah, no, is that crazy? Like we'd have to lock ourselves in the bathroom upstairs. and But theatrically or did she actually hit you? Or- yes, yes, you had, you had to, you had to move quickly. <laughs> you had to get out of the way. <laughs> it was crazy. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, so, yeah. Were your sisters old enough to at least look out for you? So you got no. It was there. Are you? If someone's, it was every man for. It was kind of like <laughs> we'd all rat each other out to her to, to like gain favor. Just even if it meant five minutes. Uh, so that was the mind control element. Well, I hear Kim. You know it was, <laughs> what? Just you know, stayed up late last night. And just just mentioning it. Apropos, just the next time you're grabbing a knife, you might want to oh head God. her. You might want to head her away first. That's crazy. So, but, but when she wasn't crazy, she was very warm and lovely. But that's really the it di- was crazy schizophrenic. But that's really the experience. diagnosis, not bipolar. Like well, now, straight up, my multiple personality. Now they call it dissociative. I think personality disorder. How was, who which diagnosed is much that? Much more boring. Who diagnosed that in retrospect? How do you diagnose that I, I retroactively? Fa- I found out years later that she went to a psychiatrist hmm. um, in the '60s when we were little. Yeah, uh, but no one ever shared that info with us. And uh, she I, wasn't on medicine. No, she had a condition where. Uh, Holy Christ. She would never admit that she did anything wrong. So she would, like, there'd be two days of, like, chasing us around, and then she'd make us, like, she'd be like, push your father out of the house. Like, she'd make us kick him out of the house all the time. How do you kick your father out of the house? Like, you'd grab him and say, get get out of here. Because if you didn't get him out, she'd turn on us. So we we were highly motivated. And then we'd have to, like, wire the door shut. What? Yeah, yeah. And then he'd like sleep in the car. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, and he had a big job. He he like ran. He ran a, he was director of research for a, a pharmaceutical company and he was mayor of our town. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was all but and Are you so, telling me the truth? I'm t- yeah, yeah. I oh mean, my god. One night he was sleeping in the car. I think I was 12 and my sister's uh we were away at college. So I, that from 12 to 13, I was alone with her at the height of the, uh, it was, that was like a bad year. And, and he was like drunk sitting out in the station wagon in the driveway. And so she was like, we have to get him to a, a hospital. Her whole thing was brainwashing us that he was the cause of, she acted up because of my, the way my father acted. Yeah. And if he was more of a man, yeah, She'd be fine. Oh, my God. We just, you know, we were brainwashed because yeah. we were afraid of her. So anyway, the, he's, he's drunk in the station wagon. She goes, we have to get him to the hospital. He's alcoholic. Yeah. And she said, um, I have a plan. Let's make a, a, a little lasso, a noose. Yeah. You sneak in the back seat and put the noose over his head and pull it. So he can't escape, and then I'll get in the driver's seat and drive him to the emergency. And you're room. 13. I was 12. 12. And so I'm like, I, you know, I think we should maybe test this out on a dummy, or <laughs> yeah. let's give this a week. You know, I, I think we're rushing this. But you know, she's like, let's just do it, just do it. So I'm like, okay. So you know, we're like <laughs> sneaking out in our own driveway, and it's like, okay, on three, and I, I jumped in and. 
I mean, I deliberately didn't get the lasso around his neck. And then he escaped. He did? Well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't. And then, so then, she, of course, where, she, 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 she locked me out of the house for for not lassoing. And where'd your dad go when he escaped? Uh, he started staying in, like, flop houses over, like, the Nan- the Nanwood Hotel Pizzeria in Rockland County. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a mess. And then, um, and then it got crazier because then he got serious emphysema and he couldn't uh-huh. work anymore and he, my mother took him back in the house but he shared my bedroom with me but because she had turned us against him I didn't I shared a room with him I had to change his oxygen tanks and everything for two years I never and I didn't talk to him once what yeah because she and then when he and then when he died my sisters and I and I was 19 and my sisters were like in their early 20s we all thought I mean we knew underneath oh she's you know, insane. Yeah. But we, part of us thought when he died, everything would be great. And then six months after he died, she turned it all on us and we were the, all the problems. And, but she had a crazy amnesia. Like she would spend a night of, of chasing us with knives and, and, and yeah. she'd do like crystal knock, like knock all the windows out of the house with a, with a pitchfork yeah. and crazy stuff. And the next day, You'd tell her what she did, and she'd go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. She would- Oh, my God. So you She would there, gaslight. To your 26? Yes. <laughs> but like, but how, how are you so reasonable and chipper? <laughs> I'm, because I'm not there anymore. You can, it's, all, it's all gravy. I, what do you mean? It's, I'm like, <laughs> Z. So I remember seeing the movie Carrie, and they're like Piper Laurie's grabbing knives, yeah. and I'm just like, uh, come on, when does this- but were you? When does this get scary? <laughs> when does the scary stuff happen? But were you genuine? I mean, you were yeah. genuinely terrified all the time. Your dad yes. was in the room with you for two years. You didn't talk to him. He was just there we wheezing. He was wheezing on oxygen. I changed his tanks, and you it, never talked to well, him. Well, he didn't try to talk to. It was it was so bizarre. Was he drinking still? No, he wasn't drinking, and um, he couldn't. He had like ten percent of his lung capacity. He was just oh my god on oxygen. This is so grim. It was fantastic. It, it, it's you know what I never told anyone any of this because it was like you don't talk about what happens, but and you know this is happening. Your mom the, said that. Oh, she's like this happened. Believe me, trust me. There, there's stuff going on behind every door on the street. I'm, I'm like, all right, okay, okay. Did she have a job? No, 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 no. So, but when your dad is out of work and like he's dying, were you just he got disability? So, uh, how'd your sisters turn out? Uh, no, they're great. They're good. You know, we we became really tight because we went through it. So, are they married and kids? They're married with kids. Uh, they all they all turned out really well, and we're and we're tight. And I I think it's because we went through uh, this craziness, right? But didn't but you must have had some sort of fortitude because you seem pretty right. well adjusted. You always have, right? But I mean, that's not saying much. I mean, no. in the sense, you know, anybody can. But was there? Did was there psychological um, trauma that you had to overcome um, or process? Well, when she was, I, I, I she was also very loving uh-huh. and and she was a good audience. I, I really, <laughs> really could, I would try to crack audience. her up when she was normal. Yeah, and I, when she was when she was fine when she wasn't having an episode. Uh, I think she's very nurturing. Yeah, and and so there was some some counterbalance to it and. Uh, 
Uh, I I just when things were going crazy, like she'd literally go down in the basement and bang on a piano at two in the morning, and it, and you'd hear the music come through the du- heating ducts, and you knew you it's it, trouble. You, it was like family the opera. Like you knew she was coming up in around twenty, and I that's when I'd be like, shit, get the desk against the door, and she'd be like, the door would be open, and I'd be pushing, and she'd be like, right, right, with the knife, really, it, yeah, yes. Do you think she would stab you? Yeah. Listen, I came home once from a sleepover at a friend's house. I, I go up to my bathroom and I open the door. Uh, it's like 10 a.m. and my father's lying in a pool of blood because she stabbed him and, and he she punctured his lung. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. I just want to have it. But, you know, you're just used to it. It's just like, ah, this is going to mess up so wait, Saturday, you know. So you had to call the ambulance? I, I didn't call the ambulance. Someone, uh, but, but, yeah, he had to go to the hospital. But and we didn't. I I never told anyone any of this till I told a girlfriend when I was like twenty three in New York yeah. City, and I thought I was gonna get struck by lightning. Like it was that ingrained that you couldn't talk about. Oh really? Yeah. And yeah. what and what the girlfriend do? Uh, she broke up with me. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, and then I was like, I've got a powerful tool to get laid with this sob story. <laughs> But I don't know. So, but what? But okay. So, were the times that she was okay? Did they outbalance the other stuff? Uh, no, it got worse and worse. Oh. It got worse and worse. And then, uh, were you the only one left in the house? Uh, yes, yes. My sisters. I, I was so angry in my twenties, <laughs> and she also. I I wanted to do comedy, and I, you know, I was graduating from college, and and she's like, no, you have to you, that you have to go to law school, and. You know her, her mojo was so powerful that I felt I filled out law school. Where'd you go to undergrad? Rutgers and Newark. I commuted. Oh, Rutgers I, has a campus in Newark. Yes. Oh, my dad went to Rutgers in oh, Brunswick. He did. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, Rutgers and Newark is like it's a parking deck in right. one building. Right. And it was a thirty-five mile each way commute. But I was staying home with her. She's like, you can't, you can't go away to school. You can't, you got to, you know, stay here. There's too much to do here. Oh my God. So, this is like Norman Bates. <laughs> it was a little Norman Batesy, but, um, I got really good commuting, uh, at, uh, I commuted with a guy and I got wow. really good at, you know, the toll baskets. Yeah. I got really good at, um, hook shotting. Yeah, the quarter in from the passenger seat. <laughs> right, that's so that was my big memory of <laughs> commuting to records of Newark, and I can. Uh, but um, and what'd you get? What'd you study? Did you do well? You're a smart guy. Uh, the first two years, I was kind of like, uh, and then I I buckled down, and then so she kind of filled out the applications for law school, and then I got in to Fordham in New York City yeah. in Lincoln Center. So I went there, and then um commuted there on a bus which is really even and you're just worse. staying with her and she's yelling the whole at time you. yeah she's yelling at you through your 20s yeah the night before i took the bar exam yeah um I, she was getting mad because i like i i was studying for the bar exam it yeah. was the next morning right and she was mad i wasn't paying attention to her so she like grabbed a knife and came at me and i was just like motherfucker <laughs> i just grabbed her and like threw her against the refrigerator and, and she looked for you know, fr- like oh my god, and she ran into her bedroom and called the police and said I was murder trying to murder her. Yeah, did the police come? I- I- six police cars came, <laughs> up our- roaring up our street. I-, I don't think like it's the first call they got about a murder, probably yeah. you know in forty years. So they were all like, pretty jazzed and what- to meet me. <laughs> so so she I- and I'm just like I had like I I'm a bad procrastinator uh, and I I had. 
whole subjects I was planning to learn that night for this. The test was next morning at 8 a.m. The bar exam. In Manhattan, and I was out in the bar exam. It's a two-day test. And these (laughs) police, and and I'm just like, ugh. So I go outside. I'm like, and I go, don't make any moves. And I'm just like, oh, I got to get rid of these guys. I've got to talk my way out of this, get them out of here. And get back to studying. Right. So that that was the goal for that night. So, what did you say to him? She's I, crazy. I, yeah. I just I was like, guys, please by all means go in and talk to her. <laughs> She's in the door on the left. And uh, yeah, but so yes, they they kind of got the lay of the land, <laughs> and then they were on their way. And then I went back to study torts in time for the test. And did you, you pass the bar? I I did. I did. And then I I. Um, and this whole time, I was like, I wanted to be trying stand-up comedy, and I, I. But I was also, like, when I was in law school, I was like, just like, well, I've got to just yeah. do, do this thing. What? Even oh, though, law school. Yeah, but I, and it was you but know, you did, miserable. But you practiced law for a while. I so then I got a job as a personal injury defense attorney, <laughs> which was with like a like a. It was an insurance company. Oh, okay. But, but I not, loved it. Not a group of. Like you weren't on billboards with the guys, were you? No. Were you no. hurt in an accident? They were the other wonder. side. Oh. And I was 25 and I had my eyes oh, opened to how people make up lawsuits. Like they'd use, like some lawyers would get disbarred because yeah. they'd use fake x-rays for a client. Oh, so you you worked witnesses. for the insurance company. The insurance company, yeah. And then somebody would you know, present, you know, would put together the case exactly. and give it to you. Uh, well, a lot of times- I'd come in in the morning and they'd go, um, oh, they, they'd put a file on my desk and they'd go, you, you, they're picking a jury for this. You have yeah. to pick a jury. And you can learn the case on the subway. <laughs> so on the subway down, <laughs> I'd be like learning the file and you have to go in. And I and they, they just let me do like federal trials. I had no idea what I was doing. And big, big like insurance fraud cases and stuff. And but, Just you? Yes. It was insane. <laughs> And, and once you start practicing, what's your mom doing alone at the house? Uh, well, once I started practicing, I was like, I I moved out. So I moved into a legal who's, sublet in New York City. Who's taking care of her? No one took care of her for years and years. She became, uh, became a hoarder. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it did have a, a happy ending. Yeah. It, it really did. I, like, um, she died in 2012. And three years before that, um, she had a... She really hurt her back, and she called my sisters. Oh, and the three of us—I didn't invite her to my wedding. My, uh, our ch- my sisters, I none of our kids were allowed to see her. Uh huh. Um, and so it's painful, wasn't it? Painful. Um, yeah, I, I, I was worried I'd get a call that oh, she died, you know, yeah. in a pile of her garbage, and yeah. she had been there a month, and right, you know, yeah. ra- raccoons were playing with her, yeah, her entrails, and and. So, and I was like, oh, that's going to suck when that happens. Yeah. That's just going to be an open wound. Yeah. So then what happened when she heard her back and my sisters went over there and she had to go to the emergency room and they brought her to the emergency room. And for the first time ever, they're just like, ah, you might want to, when you're done with the back, check out, give her a little, I don't know if you have tests for the old brain. And they talked to her and they're like, oh, they admitted her. They did. For 48 hours, psychiatric yeah. evaluation. Right. And they said she had a very rare condition where it's this thing where the person never can comprehend that there's anything wrong with them. Uh-huh. And, uh, and plus she was paranoid and all sorts of crazy stuff. But so they put her on medicine and she had to go into a, a, a nursing home. Oh. Um, 
but uh, but it was a nice one and um just because her back was injured but this medicine worked and she was great she was like the good mother all the time wow and so yeah so For i started how many years like three three oh. years but i started calling her yeah. and having like i'd hang up and just sit there stunned for 20, <laughs> 20 minutes and it, it was i never thought that would happen did she like was did she remember your childhood and everything and like did you, like no no so you're talking to a relatively new person but she knew you were there oh i mean She'd have memory of things, but she didn't have a memory of anything going on while it was happening. I'm telling you, she'd have this total amnesia. Uh-huh. But like when she talked to you, uh-huh. she knew who you were. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. No, when when I was, um, and then when I was doing stand-up, she was like, what are you doing stand-up for? You're uh, you're always a writer. You should be a writer. Uh, you stand, you're, you're no good at it. What are you doing that for? Really? And so then I, I end up becoming a writer eventually on the Conan show. And then she's like, ugh, what are you writing for? Stand up. That's... <laughs> what, did you, that was, what did you think so you should she, be writing for? I don't, I don't know. She, But that that was her... That's how supportive she was all But the it's time. so funny that you honored her wishes both right? times. That's a, that's a good point. I, I mean, you know, she told you to go to law school. You went. I did. And you practiced this weird law. Mm, yes. And you were doing stand-up at the same time? Once I, you moved into the city, you started doing it? second I moved into the city, I started doing open mics. Yeah. So I, um, some days I'd be like preparing for a cross-examination yeah. and then running to a, a club called Good Times to do an open mic. Oh, Good Times? Where was that? Uh, that was 3rd Avenue and 31st Street. I don't remember that place. No. It was, it was gone. Oh. By the time you showed up, and really? People like Randy Credico hung out there. Sure, Randy Credico. Now he's famous. Yes, again the, I love it for the Roger Stone oh my connection. God. Randy Credico. He this, was. I used to see him in Boston. He worked at Air yep, America. Yep. Him and his like he'd do one political joke and he goes, "What yep. do you want? Impressions?" Yep. yep, yep. And he'd do Popeye. Popeye selling drugs in Washington Square Park. <laughs> but, and then he'd go back to all right. Here's the Postmaster General of the Sandinista government, and no one laughs. Oh, here's Popeye orgasming. <laughs> Okay, I, I always yeah. loved him. When I met him, he was going out with Joey Heatherton. Do you remember? Oh man! Yeah, he was, and now he's like the key witness in the Roger Stone trial. What was the other impressions he did? It was a oh, pot- he, he did okay. Telly Savalas. Okay, yeah, which yeah. would make he would do Telly Savalas for the Players Club shows, entertainment. Yeah, right. Telly, isn't that the same thing? Oh, I lapped it up. But. <laughs> and Otto and George, Otto and George were at good times. Oh, really? Yeah. Did that you ever work something? with him? Uh, sure. I, I I I worked with him once, but I interviewed him. You did? No, I interviewed. I had them on a live show where because I I went and found Otto and George and had them on the live show because uh-huh. I had a woman who had made a robot that talked that did stand up. So I'm like, I I figure like this would be an interesting pairing: the woman who made the robot and programmed it to do stand up, and Otto and his puppet. Yeah. And it was sort of interesting. <laughs> It may have been a, a high-minded idea, but I think it came off. <laughs> but who else was around then? So you started in 1980. Uh, it was what? like early 80s, 86. Right. Uh, and then I quit my law job in on August 1st, 1986. I remember that date. I had no money saved, but I had an illegal sublet. My rent was so really you, low. So uh, your mother yeah. lived to 2012? Yes. So she actually was able to see you on TV? And to make the judgment about your stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she didn't come see you do stand-up, did she? Um, she did 
come once mm. and I think I canceled or something. Because or... I remember there was that time, so 86, yeah. so you quit your job and now you're doing yeah. stand-up. Because you were great stand-up. I thought you were very funny. Oh, thanks. Like, I, I always enjoyed watching you. I liked, you were one of those guys, you know, you had your bits, but you were always, like, hilarious crowd work. I like talking to the audience. Yeah, so the improvisational trip was always uh, 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 exciting to watch. Well, that was more interesting to me. I mean, I, I like writing jokes and having them work, but I, I I think I was just lazy about writing material. Really? Yeah, like, I'd be like, I'm going to write today, I'm going to write today. And then it's like eight o'clock and I had like four sets and it's like, okay, I'm going to kind of just jerk around with the crowd. All right. So, but once at 86, so like how does that, that part of the career unfold? I mean, um, do you do, cause we all did those shows. Sure. The, the Caroline's Comedy Hour. Right. But that's like yes. 89. So by then you're much doing later. it. It's not that much later. It's like well, three years. Yeah. I but, mean, we all did those shows when we right. were like two or three years in, right? And evening at the improv. Yeah. Yes. I'd come out here to do evening at the improv. 89, 89, 90 through 92. Exactly. And we're like, but you really it, think about it. We're, yeah, but yeah, like we're Comedy the A list, right? Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Shows, you did yeah. that. Yeah. Who'd you open for? They used to put the the the, the big guy first, and then you follow that guy. Yes, I did. Mine was Amazing Jonathan. I, they had to clean up blood and a severed arm before <laughs> before, I, <laughs> before I went out. We'll bring you up in a minute. We're cleaning up the boy. Was Richard Lewis hosting? No, it was Sandra Bernhard. Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Richard, drunk Richard. I, you know, I'm trying. I can't remember who. You can't was. remember who did it. They yeah. put the big guy first. Yeah, it was it, weird. It was fine though. It was it, it was fine. But uh, it's a nice set. But the, is it, wasn't the amazing Jonathan like a did magic comedy? Yeah, yeah, oh, no. Boy. But it was all weirdo. Like you know, right. he, would, he his closing bit was he cut his arm off. Oh, that's why there was blood everywhere. Oh, he cut his arm I thought, off. I thought that was your way of saying no. he killed. No, we no, did kill. Yeah. He cut his arm off. How's that going to lose? <laughs> oh it looked God. real. And now Mark Marin. And did did, yeah. did they bring you up immediately? I don't know. I was in a borrowed jacket. I got the thing the day before I taped it, and I was staying at some publicist's house who I was <laughs> fucking. She lent me her roommate's jacket. <laughs> I always love when hosts are like, like someone destroys, and, yeah. they're, and they're a total chicken. They're just like... I'm just going to bring up the next day. It's like, oh, thanks, thanks a, a lot. lot. Do your job. Thank you. Cleanse the palate, you fuck. Maybe 30 seconds. Oh, you... my God. Hey, let's keep it going. No, let's not. No. <laughs> Make them forget that. <laughs> I don't think it was that terrible. I feel like I watched it pretty recently. I've oh, watched... I'm sure it was great. I don't but know, in I your mind, I wouldn't it, say it that. sounds like a scary, but, I mean, a scary situation. But look, I've, been, I've watched my evening at the improvs from right. 89, 91. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and the Carolines, and right? Like, in four, I couldn't watch them for years, but like I really right, do. Right, right. I get this idea for some reason that like I wasn't me, but mm -hmm. I'm. I was me. I can yeah, yeah. see me in there. Yeah, of I was, course. You know, I was slower and more deliberate, and maybe more nervous. Oh, or... do you feel like you were slower back then? Well, I was trying to yeah. do jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, right. I remember you corrected me on a joke, and it was so embarrassing. What? What are you talking? Two about? Two times. Wait, I was what? really dumb. You're not. Is one you... joke? I I corrected you on a joke. Yeah, thank God. Well, I it was like because I always thought you were so no smart. Idea. Yeah, I used to what do this big about? closer. Yeah, and it's so embarrassing, dude. It uh, was like uh, you know the Second Coming World Tour. You know, yeah. uh, 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 the King of Beers brings you the King of Kings. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I was saying a fifty-two state tour, and you're like, "Are there two extra states?" And I'm like, "Do I have that wrong?" 
It's fifty states. You're right. And then the other, and then the other it's, one was. It's uh, nice of you to say I'm smart, but knowing that there are only fifty <laughs> states, I don't know if that sets me apart from a lot of people. I don't know why I got. Are it you in sure my, it was me? Yeah, I don't know why I got it. Okay. In my brain. I kept just thinking for some reason Hawaii and Alaska were you know fifty one and fifty two. I would have stopped. I would have kept adding states. You know, it gets better oh, no. and better. I just made it up. Ugh. But uh, but yeah, that was a that was a big moment. So <laughs> a big moment. So you're doing, but you're pretty yeah. serious about stand-up, and you're doing yes. the real shows. You're going to Atlantic I, City. You're doing Boston. That happened eventually, but I got on the comic strip, and then I, it's like, uh, it started getting into Catch Rising Star, and all, you know, the, the clubs you mentioned. In were New they York most? City. Were you host? You thought of as a host? A host and sets, but I, I kind of started doing a lot of hosting. Yeah. And and then I'd start doing one nighters, right, in Jersey and all. Oh that, yeah, which I loved because Roger Paul gigs, Roger Paul gigs, yes, <laughs> yes, and I, and you I, go to Tony Camacho, do the Rascals. Tony Camacho, the Rascals, Rascals yes, Rascals, Rascals by TV the Shore, show. yeah, the TV show. Did you do the Rascals? Yes, yeah, I did that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, that was a bad one. That was a rough one because I watched that one and it was like be- right after I got back from L.A. and I was yeah. all fucking beat up from drugs and out of my mind. Yeah, and I was so. I, what I couldn't believe yeah. watching it, and, and I noticed this, I just watched it, the first cut of my special for them I shot last week. Yeah. Is that like at that time in like 88 or whenever I did that, you know, I got a day, it was a day notice to go to Jersey. Right. And tape that fucking show. Right. I was in New York. I don't think I was sober yet. And, but there were, I had these habits yeah. Like that were comic habits. Right. You know, like repeating something. How many couples out there? Couples. How many couples right. we got? These weird kind of standard tools. Yes. Of of road act. Shorthand. Yeah. But it was all in there. That weird repetition. Like there are these things I didn't realize I have. Like I watched one last night. I do this right. weird impression on my show. Right. I'm like, I'll, give, I'll do an impression now of- uh, of where Jewish creativity comes from. Right. And then I repeat it like, okay, impression of Jewish right, creativity. Right, right, right. And I'm like, where did those that come from? That is old school. That's right. very old school. Isn't it weird? Yeah. That's but I, a- like, I didn't like my jokes, but all that shit was intact. Right. Presentation right, right. was solid. Yeah. You had- Weird. It's very funny. So you did all that stuff. I did all that stuff. And uh, yeah, and then, and then I just- um, yeah, I do those one nighters, yeah. and then the and some colleges, and and I would take anything for money because it was my sole source of income. So, you know, I do bachelor parties. And, you did, yeah. But, but, that, but you were but but you weren't afraid of that because like it kind of engaged your primary skill set, which was crowd work, right? right? But I also thought I like it was a macho thing. Oh like, yeah. Did you were you like that? Like I just you had like, something to prove. I I have to I have to take any gig I'm offered. Oh yeah. And I have of to course. do well. Yeah 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 yeah. And, yeah, no, I, I, you, you feel. I guess it's macho, but it's also like paying your dues, right? Like I, I should be all able, that stuff. Yeah, I should be able to do this anywhere, yeah, anytime. Exactly. Yeah, it was, if I'm really, if this is my, my really yeah. my calling. Yeah, and like any, all the best guys did this shit. You right. got to get through this. I right. hated it. Like I'd go do it. It was so scary. I was so full of anxiety. Do my, what? Like what? Are you well, any about? of these shitty gigs. Yeah, because yeah. my act was so specific. It right. was not like a party show. Right. Yeah, I'm not the guy you want to right, yeah, right, the bar mitzvah. Right. Hey, about to get married? Here's yeah. Mark Merritt. Yeah, no, you know, and I knew that there was nothing I could do to change that. Right, but I'd still go do these fucking. Yeah, things. yeah. Well, it's a learning. I, it's like dating. It's I don't just... know how I got through it. Yeah. I, I, like I look back on it, and I'm like, I don't know how the kid I was back then got through that shit. Right. Any of that? Living in Boston, doing all those one nighters. Yeah. I did one nighters for years up there. Yeah, that's it's the one nighters broke. I like 
a few of them where I'm just like, eh, just comics who I didn't think were great were like the headliner yeah, and sure. all that. And I'm just, and then I just said, I'm just going to stay in New York City. And then I just stayed in New York City. And that's why, in order to stay in New York City, I started taking bachelor part, like, yeah. Or, or, you know, you didn't go do like road work, like headlining your. Uh, you didn't a make little it to bit, a headliner. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I never, n- never sometimes, would. sometimes, but yeah. uh, but not a ton of it. Colleges, I did a fair amount of colleges. Oh yeah, yeah, I did a lot of colleges. Uh, you did NACA, and they I did hired NACA. You? I remember. Who doing, was your manager? Uh, <laughs> the Abrahamsons. Did the you know Abrahamsons? Them? Yes. No. Oh, I have no idea who that is. Yes, I thought I knew both, everybody. They are a couple, and uh-huh. they, they both talked like this: <laughs> the husband and the wife. Yeah. So, and who they, I, who I didn't know whether they were siblings or a married couple. Who but, else did they manage? Um, they they were really into ventriloquists. Like they what? Yes, for every summer, their big vacation was yeah. going to a vent ventriloquist convention in Kansas. Come on. And what, they'd come back, they'd go, Mike Sweeney. They'd call me Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney, we saw over 400 vents <laughs> last week. It was fantastic. Ventriloquist? There's four. Who even knew there were 400? <laughs> they saw them. And we'll be back next year. We wow. already booked for next year. And how how'd you get so lucky I, to get them? I, uh, yeah. Listen, it's it's amazing. I'm, I lucked out somehow. They, and when, did, when yeah. did we, like, when was, I'm um, trying to think, like, because I remember we were all in, you had a pretty mm-hmm. big part in the CK's Caesar Salad movie. Oh, right. Yes. And because I did the music for it. And I remember- oh, I, I didn't had know to, that. Well, I had to play over that scene where you are you have that meltdown on stage. Right, right. You know, as the MC, Right. With your eye makeup on. And I, it was just weird. And Jeff Ross had my guitar, like, but he couldn't play. So we had, to, I had to do the soundtrack to the, the you know, oh watch- Oh, my God. Watch the band and like line it up. Oh wow! Yeah, it was like what was that? Eighty nine, maybe eighty nine. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Sarah was in it. Sarah sure, Silverman. Sarah was in it. Mark Rick Shapiro Cohen. was in it. Yeah, Rick Shapiro. We were all. Everyone was in it. Yeah. Todd Berry was in it. Todd Nick Berry DePaulo was yeah. in it. Yes. Um, Ch- I think Ch- was Chuck Scar in it, or he was in the next one. Maybe he starred in the next one. In right uh, ice cream. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. No, or, or, Lord Kitlinger was yeah. a. That was a. There was a short that Laura was in. Right. That was weird. I love uh, Laura. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, she but but I remember that time, like and Chuck's I, Clark. Yeah, I remember that. It was so funny because you did this. I remember. I feel like I was there when they shot that because you had this meltdown on stage, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I just kind of ad libbing a song. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. wild. I've never, I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. It was. It's. It's, it's I, don't, I, I wonder if up, it's I around. I, I, don't I, I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like I have it on DVD somewhere. But anyways. Yeah. You were part of that that whole crew. We were all part of this yeah. crew. You, me, Sarah, yeah. Todd. Todd. I remember when know. Todd moved from Florida. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. He was like, hey, man. Yeah, Jeff Ross. Jeff, Jeff Ross. He was Jeff Lipschultz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I started in 87, the Yes 2 started, it was it was John Stewart, mm-hmm. Chris Rock, Colin Quinn, mm-hmm. Ray Romano. Yeah. And-, and those guys all just did great right out of the gate. And right. It's like, God, God damn it. Like Romano just, I think I brought him up like one of the first times he ever did stand. Where at that comedy, place? A place called Comedy U Grand. Yeah. Down at, which was a great club. And he just, you know, he basically was the Ray is today. Yeah. 
uh, just did great right out wow. of the gate. Wow. They that, all, yeah, everyone seemed to yeah, make a, yeah, yeah. That Stewart guy made a pretty good living. Stewart did really well. Was he Leibowitz ever? He was, yeah. For a minute, right? Yeah, yeah, for, for uh, not long, for a few months. Yeah. And then there was the downtown scene. Mm-hmm. But like, when do you, like. But I start. I, I stopped doing stand up. Right when the the downtown scene started. No, but I mean, you were at the Boston, and you were at yes, the Boston cellar. and the you cellar the, a lot. You mean the the, the alternative on ninety five? But like yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Did you take? Was your first writing job with Carolines? Yes, and because Louis hired you, um, or no, John hired you? No, it was um, Joe Falzarone. Well, he ran the thing, but right. who was the head but writer was over the, there? Oh. Was it wasn't John Stewart the head writer once? It for, was John Stewart, the right. First time, and then Louis, then Louis. And I were writing for Rich Jenny when he was the host. Right. And Louis, just like he and Rich Jenny. No go. It wasn't a clip. And so Louis would just like not even pitch. It was kind of hilarious. He didn't even try. He didn't really? even try. Yeah. To pitch Rich because Rich didn't like him? No, it. They he, they just didn't quite get each other. Oh, so Rich was just going to do his road material to open. Ba- basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it just was... And and Louis was just like running it out, and then he left to work on Conan. Right. That when that was like ninety three. Three. Ninety three. So your first job when you when you get a writer's job, you're like, I'm done. No, he did. I did with that with stand up. Oh no, no, no! I I was doing that just because it was extra money, and I was still doing stand up. Yeah. And I was doing some warm up, like I. For weird shows like the Mori Povich show. Oh, really? Yeah, you did the warm up. You really did anything. Well, yeah, because like, it was you know, in the even, morning. Even, and but I, even the you know paying your dues thing that doesn't that's not you know warm up is not part of that. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's not that's a job you do no. if it doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> as as it turns out, but at the time, yeah, I was like, oh, this is pretty. It's easy money in the middle of the and day. It's a, it's a union gig too, right? Uh oh, yeah, it was. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I also did. I was getting married and I was broke and we had no money for a honeymoon. So I, I took warm up for a ki- for where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I don't even know what that is. It was a kid show on yeah. PBS and and it was six <laughs> graders, six graders. <laughs> And and then I did like some off-handed joke about a teacher looking uh-huh. like John Gotti. And yeah, they, they fired me the next day. That was it. And I was like, "What? What's wrong?" And they said, "Mike, you called a man a mafiosa." Yeah, and that was too it. controversial. For too the, controversial. Uh, sixth for, grade warm-up for PBS. Yeah, yeah. So you, okay. So then, what leads to you stopping? Um. Oh well, I well then I, I uh, was also I wrote for. Laura Keitlinger's show on Comedy Central. When you were hosting, Jonathan Groff was writing, I think, Yeah, I pulled Groff in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so like I pulled, it's so funny because I pulled Groff in because they, the, like, they weren't going to give me any bits. I was in the right. last the last version of Short Attention Span Theater. Right. And I started with Groff in Boston. Sorry. Right, right. And like I was, you know, I pulled him in. I gave him his first writing job. That oh, was wow. his first writing job. Wow, wow, wow. And so you were writing for Stand Up Stand Up? Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. And so we were hanging out there. And at, then, at HBO Downtown. HBO Downtown. Yeah. 23rd Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, well- Were I, you the only writer? Yes. I think that's what taught you guys how to head write a little bit. Uh, it was it was a really good experience. Because like we would be able to produce, we did some bits, you know, some yes. pay, desk piece type yes. of stuff. And it's true. Sticks. And we'd have to produce it. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to, they're like, this is the prop guy. Yeah. This is the costume right. person. Nancy Geller. 
Nina Rosenstein. I, Nina Rosenstein. Yes. I dealt with Nina Rosenstein. She's she still great. there. Is she? She's the big shot. Really? At HBO. I have no idea. who. No, no idea. Like, I never understood. Like, I don't you know, know how some knows. comics are like, oh, well, he, uh, you know, he's running uh, I don't know, yeah. th- that production company. And, this, and I, I was no. like, oh, well, I don't I don't understand the business side of these things. Yeah, me too. I, st- yeah, I yeah. still don't. I, yeah, I, right? I, I don't. I really don't. I remember yeah. meeting with some of those people being dragged into meetings, pitch meetings, uh, ruining them. Uh, Bridget Potter. And Bridget NBC. Potter. I remember her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She brought me into yeah. uh, Newmeyer or what was that guy's name? Old Meyer. Old Meyer. Old Meyer. Yeah. I pitched right. Old Meyer and destroyed the pitch in seconds. Wow. In How? seconds. It, it, it Did you know? Of, or were you just like? It was a talk show idea, and they were yeah. like, "Well, what kind of issues do you want yeah. to talk about?" I'm like, "You know, new, you know, current stuff, AIDS, abortion." <laughs> and, and like, I'm Next. A fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm wow. Gone. I just watched uh, Old Meyer's face drop. Did he just shut down? Oh yeah, done. Yeah. Then Bridget walked me out. I'm like, how'd that go? She's like, should I have left out abortion and just <laughs> concentrated on AIDS? AIDS? <laughs> more, you know, there are many sides of AIDS. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Give me one more shot. So, okay. So then when do you quit and why do you quit the stand-up? Uh, well, I, it wasn't intentional. I, I, um, I Then I got high. Louis uh, left Conan yeah. and he was doing the warm-up there. Um, for a couple months, ninety four, ninety five, yeah, late late ninety four, yeah. and he recommended me to do the warm up. Uh huh. So, and I, I had submitted there a twice package. a package. They bought an idea of mine when the show started. Yeah, for a remote, and then um, they I, I tried out for a monologue. So you're trying to write? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still doing stand up. Yeah, like seven nights a week. Yeah. A lot of a lot of sets every night, and um, but uh, so I started doing the warm up there, and then um, a few months in, they were like, "Do you want to submit again?" And I I was I was like, "Okay," but I I, I was so nervous I wouldn't get hired as a writer uh-huh. and, and still have to go there to do the warm up. I'd be humiliated. Uh-huh. Like I would not want to go right there every day if I didn't get hired. It'd be embarrassing. Right. But uh, and so they took pity on me. And Jonathan Groff, who you mentioned, and I. We're both hired and started the same day. Oh, yeah, so yeah. He was hired as the head writer. No, we were both hired as writers, but he oh. was so phenomenal. He became the head writer in nine months. Why was that? Why am I not remembering who the original head writer was? Original head writer is Michael Robert right, Smigel, right? And then uh, uh, Marsh McCall took over for when Smigel left oh. in '94. Marsh McCall, and he he really wanted he he wanted to move back to California, L.A., and, uh-huh. and do like sitcoms. I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, him. yeah. So, and, so so he was the guy that left for John to step in. Exactly. And then John was a head writer for five years, and he was phenomenal. Now, who was now when and that and that's when you were just on the staff. You I was on the staff for five years, and so you and John get hired at the same time. Who's the yeah. other writers at that on ninety four show? Um, Michael Gordon, uh, I think Dino came back for a little bit, and Mike Stoinoff, Kylie, Brian Kylie, who, who you know, who I started with, hilarious. In Boston. I started open mics with Brian really? Kylie when I was in college in nineteen eighty four. Oh wow! Yeah, I, and he looked the same. <laughs> he hasn't changed at all. He, 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 all he, upper he, body strength. He, he lived in Todd Berry's closet for a, yes. over a decade. That is such a Boston comic thing about but not wanting his, to leave Boston. Right. So he kept his wife and his family in his house in Boston. Yes. And he like had a back room in, in Todd Berry's small ass apartment. Because he worked on the Conan show yeah. five days a week. Yeah. And he, yes, he had, like Conan would do an imitation of him like quietly reading a book. Yeah. 
on Todd Berry's <laughs> toilet <laughs> in the back room, yeah. trying not to wake Todd up. And you'd never see you'd never see Kylie. I never saw him at Todd's. I'd go over to Todd's sometimes. I'm like, is Brian still here? Oh my here? god, he's that's like, hilarious. It was just the weirdest thing. Oh yeah, he's up and he's in the back. Yeah. So and okay. Brian Rich, and uh, Brian was Rich, really funny, funny, yeah. funny writer. So you're just you're so you're just writing. You're writing what uh, yeah. sketches, monologues, and, and producing piece? them. Like, and I, you know what, I. I loved it. I, I really loved writing stuff and shooting it and editing yeah. it. But it would, and and because it was a daily show, we were there to like midnight every sure. night. So I was like, I can't do, like after right, two weeks, right. I was like, I can't do stand up anymore. Yeah. And it, it that work, and, and then when I became the head writer, we were there. I mean, I was there till midnight every night. So, but also, like, I guess on the other side of it is that you're you're married. You know, right. when, when did you start having the kids? Uh, when I, when I started looking for writing jobs, I mean, I, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm making, when I, before I was married, I was making a good living as a comedian, Yeah, but it was like, oh, I need more money. And that's yeah. when I started looking for writing and the warm up gigs. Uh, so the kids came along 94 and 97. Oh, so yeah, then, yeah, yeah. so then it was, bu- you, that, that means business. Yeah. Family yeah. to support. Right. And, and then the, the Conan job was so, it just, um. I, the time has just flown by, and but you had a good time at the beginning. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. And you like you get full health coverage, your family's taken care of. Right, I buried. I buried the lead. Incredible health benefits. <laughs> but, you know, you can't beat it, Mark. Uh, yeah, no, WGA, all that stuff. It's good. You know what? It was. I, I'm making light of it, yeah. and that was because I, I haven't thought about this in so long. Yeah. It was like prior to that. I kept a book of every penny I made and I had to make my weekly nut, you yeah. know, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, I was getting this paycheck. Yeah. And it, you're right. It was. It's crazy. It was transformative. Of course. It's like, oh my God. And then you get doctors for everybody. You get <laughs> kids. Kids, whatever you want. Yeah. Go see I doctor. hope you get acne just yeah. so I can send you to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's how great the benefits are. It's true. Yeah. What did you, is your wife, what does she do for anything? My wife, uh, we moved to LA. Uh, with the Tonight Show, right? But uh, did your wife? Did she work in uh, New York? Well, she was working in corporate communications. Mm. But when we met, we both had quit. I quit being a lawyer. She quit her day job to write fiction. Mm. And she, I thought she was really talented. And I'd go, go, come on, come on. And she was lazier than she wasn't lazy. Yeah, she was scared. Right, and she put it off. And she was working as a telephone operator at the Waldorf, but she. She gave up, and then we got married. She never really tried yeah. writing. Got married, had kids, moved to L.A., and I think being dislodged from New York City and Brooklyn, uh-huh. and that, you know, New York is so, there's so many writers. Sure. I think when she came out here, she felt freed up. And yeah. She, she went and got her MFA when yeah. she was 50. Oh, wow. And her last short story, her, her teacher, Brett Johnson, who's a great teacher, said, yeah. he goes, I think it's the start of a novel. She wrote a novel. Yeah. She and it became an internet it's an international bestseller. Really? Yeah, it's translated in 26 languages. What's it called? It's called The Nest. Wow. Like they sold the movie rights before it came out. I mean, it was this her first novel? Her first novel. That's great. Yes, and she went on a book tour. She went on an in, I I went with her to Berlin wow. where like they had an actor, a, a German actor read her book out loud in German. Like it it's it was cra- a crazy best it was a Giant That's amazing. Bestseller. Did she yeah. write another one? She's working on one now. That's a great story. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
It's great. I'm glad something good came out of the Tonight Show experience. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Tonight Show. I, well, yeah. Well, so, okay, well, let's talk about that because you're there through all of this. So, like, yeah. in your relationship with Conan, you get along good with him. Obviously. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're like, you an understand old, him. We're an old gay couple. Yeah. I'd say. And so, I mean that in the best way possible. No, I, I think I understand it. And I, I took it as a good thing. S- sexual everything. I, well, that's good. Yeah. You know, mix it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never a dull moment. No. Good for you. Living no, life you. to yes. its fullest. Thank so, but, but, you know, I, when that whole thing happened, where yeah. it's sort of this weird contractual obligation that all of a sudden, like, Jay's doing fine, but he's right. leaving. Because it's in Conan's contract. That, so, uh, yes. That he gets the Tonight Show yes. now. Yes. And that was a Gavin uh, Pallone exclusive. Uh, I, I don't, you know what? I don't know who came up with that, but I agree with you. I can't think of anything more antithetical non-show business than to announce, you know, in five years, yeah. well, you, you know, so-and-so Conan's, will be taking the mantle. Like, who, to me, show business is surprise. Like, if you have a, if you yeah, made a good who, movie. Yeah, but what kind you, of deal is that? And, it, and, it's the, cra- it's, and it's, the fact that they abided by it. Well, but but then I remember I remember getting called in to after a show one night in New York, and I was like, uh, "Jay's gonna, he's not leaving. He's doing a show from ten to eleven every night." I, we all knew that was not good. Uh, you know, it was just he was going to be your lead in. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but it was doing the Tonight Show at from 10. ten to eleven, and and. You know, I remember we came out to look. They were building a new studio for us, and we came out, and it was the footprint of it. And it was, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is too big. Yeah. It was, just because you, you were talking about before, like small rooms, small. Yeah, well, that, the old That's Conan better studio, for comedy. It, how much did that old studio seem 198 like? people. Right. Yeah. Well, that, well yeah, it was, it, it was almost like, uh, let's get this guy Conan into an environment and a situation right. that is so far right. out of his wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. You turned over the reins to- uh, who was it, Seth? Who took the show? Uh, the, no, it was Jimmy Fallon. Oh, right, Fallon. Yeah, and then uh, and then you all come out here. He moved everybody. Well, you, we did. The, we moved out here to do the Tonight Show, right? You yeah, and then, Paula and Frank and Frank's all the writers, Smiley. and yeah. you yes. know Kylie and the whole, uh, almost the entire production. Everybody, yeah, moved out for the NBC. Yep, and it just right from the get right. You know, with, I have to assume that like by week two, you're like, oh no, no. Uh, we didn't think that after week two. I mean, there were, I think, nervous jitters about starting a new thing. But, yeah. But I just... Everyone was gangbusting, like, we're yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're the Tonight Show now. Yeah, but there was second-guessing. Sure. There was second-guessing comedy bits and stuff where, yeah. oh, you know, that's too long and, and you know, for, for 11.30. And right, well, yeah, the 11.30. Th- th- a little overthink that way. But but I always felt like, well, we'll just, this will all kind of straighten out yeah. naturally, you know, right. given the given time. Yeah. But then there was no time. And was it, it like, be, what was it like in the bunker? Um, it was just um, in January, uh, this call came about they wanted Jay to take over. Uh, or Jay do half the half hour, second half hour, and Conan does a half hour. And uh, and then they wanted to start at midnight for a while, and then Conan's like, oh, that, that, that. that was it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had it totally backwards. It was Jay first. From 11 then, to 12, yeah. Yeah, for a half an hour. And he was just uh-huh. like, uh, which I, it, it's just more, 
dividing everything by half. It, yeah. it, it just was getting crazier and crazier. So it was just like they wanted Jay just to, we're just gonna have Jay do the monologue. Right, 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 right. And you finish the show. Yeah, yeah. It was it was all it was all. We'll just trick the people. It was all it was all it was just ratcheting up in in terms of. And was crazy just, plans. By was NBC. everybody right? But was was there a chaos people, and sadness? There, and people anger? were really upset and angry. I, part of me, I I enjoy chaos. So really, yeah, uh, well, you were brought up with right, it. right, right. So I was kind of like, oh, this is this this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was comfortable. Yeah. And the last two weeks, we you know, to, like we loved going after NBC. So that was that yeah. we had a great time the last two. weeks. Yeah, that was great. And then. So we kind of left on a high, actually. So now, when that when the show ended, were, were you guys set up again, or no? It, no, you just sort of no one knew what was going to happen. It, well, it was like he was going to pay you for the year, right? Right. Was, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that's the other reason I wasn't that upset. Yeah. And and no, it was just uh, he was like, oh, let's go, let let's go on tour. Oh yeah. I, I forget who had uh, just a we rally the troops exactly. Yeah. So. We put together a show, and during that, TBS, he got hired by TBS. And brought everybody back. And we all, yeah, we were back. On... Great studio over there, but now that yes. sort of arced into this half hour thing, and now a right. podcast. But so, you've stuck through all this, and now, like, you know, because the TBS show seemed fun, and they were really, and, and yeah. it was a great situation over yeah. there, and it felt great, and the set was great, and everybody was yeah. good. But you know now it's evolved into this half hour sort of like, right. thing, and right. you know, but it's like getting support. You know, he's got a podcast now. You're right. doing a podcast as well. Yeah, it's a totally it's a parasitic. Right, it's about it's, the Conan shows, but so. it's within the family. Like, it's, I mean, that's what there's a, a network emasculating sort of. on my part. Yeah, the yeah. Conan's great. No, right. no, I'm kidding. But, but no, but I yeah. mean, you know, it's sort of like it's a it's a the, the yes. diversity of me. It is a bit of a bit of any. Yeah, he did a stand up tour last year and. I went and out you, on that. With you him. did, and what do you do on those? You just sort of punch shit up and write shit. No, and think it, of stuff or? it was all all his own. It was kind of fun because he would never done actual like going out on tour as a stand up. So I didn't, he, I missed this. It wasn't a musical thing. No, no. There's it was just straight twenty five minutes, and then there were other comics and. Oh really? Yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I see. So he brought he had a few comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but oh. he'd go on first yeah. and. Uh, I uh, he just worked up stuff and I did he do a good job? He did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. But um oh, go going back to the half hour thing. Like I I I, I head wrote yeah. till 2015. How many years total? 15 you, years. You're the head writer. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Cuz it's the stress. So you're not the head away. writer anymore? Now he's doing travel shows, so right. I'm kind of running those, which oh. is a total, Finland uh, exactly into but, Cuba or whatever Where'd right go? Cuba I, we've been to like 13 places like we went to Greenland so that's the week of, after Trump said he's going to buy Greenland right I remember right so yeah. you so yeah. that's a thing you schedule in how many like yeah. a, three a, a year three a year but it, but it's uh, yeah and then I, I work on other, other other stuff going on at the show but really? but, but I yeah I, I mean I, I kind of stepped down because my wife's book was coming out and yeah. I thought I, I wanted to like she was going on tour and everything and I wanted to hang out with her uh huh and uh, and also just work a little less, you know. Sure. Like, after all, so so kind of ease down. Yeah, set, yeah. E- it's a little, up a little bit. A, l- a little bit. Yeah, I don't have to do have some more. Time. I don't have the. De- that's why I'm here. Yeah. Like they, you I have c- nothing to do. Yeah, and they they won't notice I'm missing until like Tuesday. <laughs> that's what I'll show. Up. No, we actually just finished editing uh, Conan in Ghana. Oh really? Yeah, we went to Ghana in June. How was that? It was great. Is it he just great. doing this because he wants to see the world? Yes, it's a total. <laughs> 
it's a total food dog. Well, these means like, oh, where do you know? And it, I just like look up luxury brochures. Yeah. And the, no, but Ghana was invited us, uh, and um, it's a PR thing. You know, come it to Ghana. was this year because Ghana's it's the year of return, which is the 400th anniversary of the slave trade. Oh wow! And they invited Conan to huh. help commemorate it. Wow! Listen, I, why they invited Conan to? I don't know, but but it, it ended up being great because we brought Sam Richardson with us from Veep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because his mother's Ghanaian. Oh okay. And uh, he's great, very funny, and. Uh, you, you know, we, we just come up with all these segments and we have a local fixer, but then we also have this serious segment you about know, slavery. About slavery. So uh, that's the weird difference in these travel shows is many of them have serious segments in them. And you're, you're happy still? Yeah. And Conan's okay? He's great. Okay. He's, he, you know, he's, it's. How old is he now? And all, all the right, like it's a great writing staff and we laugh. Kilmartin, all day and Conan. Kylie and Kylie Kilmartin, uh, Laurie Kilmartin is great, and uh, a lot of our writers are great comedians. Laurie Kilmartin, yeah. Brian Kylie, Kylie, yeah. Andre Dubuche. I don't yeah. know if you know I haven't him. seen him in a while. But Todd, yeah. Todd Levin, Dan Cronin, yeah, Dan. Uh, I, I haven't seen him do stand up. Levi in a while. McDougal, uh-huh. and Jose Arroyo, and our new head writers, Matt O'Brien. No relationship to Conan, huh? Yeah, and you just kind of stepped aside. Yeah, I huh. did. Yeah, yeah. But you have no desire, like you're not going to go into some other writing world. You're just going to take it easy. No, I'm incredibly lazy. I've always been lazy, yeah. and this is perfect. I mean, I'm working on these travel shows, yeah. and and you know, and your wife's a big writer now. Yeah, and your kids are vinyl collectors. They're vinyl collectors. Are they? Are they working? Uh, one works. Uh, he lives in Bushwick. Oh, he's uh, back east, and he's PAing on a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing great. Oh, he's, good. Yeah, he's in demand. Like, he's always working. And he's, he's in demand as a PA? He is. Well, like, like, freelance. Oh, okay. Like, but... he gets... And then our other son's uh, here in LA, and he's in a rock band. A good rock band? It's... I love them. They're they're called <laughs> Rodeo Clown, our clown, but they have a whole backstory. They were three guys on a field trip who were kidnapped by a doctor, an evil doctor who kind of lobotomize them and makes them sing his music. Interesting. Do they, <laughs> yeah. got, do they have a but following? They do have a, a following, and but when they book gigs, they write emails as the doctor. They're like, well, the, he, the it's boys. like the boys are kind of busy right now. But so, oh, wow. And they have merch with the doctor's copyright on it. Oh, what a trip. So yeah. it's a whole little fantasy world. It's a little fantasy And what, what's he play? Uh, he plays, uh, he's really into synths. Oh, so he's a so, keyboard guy? Keyboard guy. He plays guitar. Oh. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Mike, it's great that's talking it. to you. Well, it's great talking to you. You survived. I, I did. I'm still barely hanging on. Yeah, but I mean, the childhood thing is completely surprising and exciting. And it's oh, yeah. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you would think the story would be somewhere, you know, sort of fully trauma-based. But you, that right. can, you seem to be pretty chipper about the whole thing in retrospect. Oh, yeah. Well, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm, I'm chipper. <laughs> Finally, you're released. Uh, yeah, I yeah. But you, not... you honored her wishes, which I thought was nice of you as a abuse son. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Okay, great. Right? What? How does that guy sound so well adjusted? Mike Sweeney. The podcast is called Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Along with, uh, he hosts that with uh, Jesse Gaskell. 
I got, I got, I, you know, I haven't plugged in this fucking Stratocaster in a couple of weeks, and it just really moved me. It sounded gritty, dirty. Here, I'll play it for you.